I went in there for screws and walked out with some clues. There were various clues at the hipster hardware store. No. Yeah. How are you? How is everything going? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good sound. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, <clears throat> I was still uh, <clears throat> I was still quitting. Uh, I'm clicking. I'm quitting Dropbox. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm usually better prepared for these things. I like the shows where you where yeah. you prepare a lot. Can, can I? Uh, can, can we talk a little uh, uh, while I uh, push my tonks? No, yeah, let's talk while you. For okay. sure. I'll be over here, so I'll have the headphones on. I just need you to. Uh, I'll talk kind of loud, and you can talk pretty normal. Let me redirect. redirect. Will that work for you? Yeah, it works no, only great. It only took a second. Okay. <clears throat> Was the AeroPress thing that you're doing? Yeah, I'm doing. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I sound good. Thank you. Um, I've got the AeroPress. I've got my bubbly water. Here, I'll pour it here so you can hear it. Oh, God, my desk. Oh, Jesus, things are falling over. Oh, you got God. the Buddha? <laughs> yeah, I got the Buddha. I, uh, can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Okay, can you hear me? That's, that's, my, uh, that's my coffee. Yes, I hear you. Okay, it's blooming. I'm stirring. Stirring. Is it? You can still hear me. Yes, I hear you fine. Yeah, this will just take another second. Oh, sh- I didn't get a filter. I gotta wet my filter. This will only take a second. You wet your filter. Does it? Does it make a difference if you wet it or not? The yeah, filter? you gotta. If you wet, I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> if you, uh, if you, uh, if you wet the filter, you get all the bleach, bleach and toxins. Pushing, pushing. Thirty seconds. Uh, you get the bleach and the toxins out of your filter. And uh, you enjoy a nicer cup of coffee. I'm almost done pushing. Mmm, the last part's the hardest. That's what she said. Oh, God, I'm sorry, Dan. Is that the train? Is that your special uh, elevated uh, train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear that? Yes, I can. Okay. I'm getting the, uh, getting the half and half out. What I do is I pour in a little bit of half and half, and then I add... Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, I add in a little bit of hot water. I'm putting away I'm putting away the half and half. Ah, okay, and I'm walking back. What? Oh, <laughs> my, my pills. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, I'm spilling coffee. Oh, my pills. <laughs> oh, my God. Dan, they're everywhere. <laughs> I, got my, uh, so, can okay. you snap a picture of that? <clears throat> got the Buddha. Got the Bluetooth keyboard. Turning it on, I'm clicking. How's it going? Good week? Yeah, a big week. Huge woo, week. Woo. <laughs> place I didn't realize. You know, you know, a man doesn't realize how many pills he has until all the bottles fall on the floor. Yep. That was uh, I think that might have been uh, Neil Armstrong that said that. Is that what I'm thinking of? Uh the uh the actor who uh, who went to the moon? I think you're thinking of Neil Gaiman. I just, um, what did I do? Boy, boy, I've had a really, really big morning. I, uh, pill, pills everywhere in here. Um, I, um, I, I just made some coffee. I had tater tots and some leftover ribeye. And I, I, I wrote my first application this morning, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, really? What, like uh, iOS or Mac? Oh, it's, an, it's, a, it's an OS ten Mac app. And uh, oh. it took me almost 15 minutes to make. So what does it do? Are you? Can I tell you? Yeah, just 
this show will never air. So, I mean, it's okay. First, first time developer. I, uh, now you'll remember in the last, I think two to nine episodes of the show, I've mentioned how, uh, well, of course I've been mentioning for, for years, literally for years, how frustrating it is to me that if I want to send, uh, a message from Gmail, uh, I, I kind of have to always see an inbox, I, you know, or a, you know, or a search or a label or whatever, you know, right. you, you go and you go to Gmail and it takes you somewhere and goes, dur, ba, dur, dur, dur. here's a bunch of stuff you should do before you do anything. And, and what, what. The, the tricky part is, you know, even if you get, if you use like a Gmail, use Mailplane, you use any kind of like a Gmail, you know, little hacky app, it, after you send the message from an open window, it still takes you back to the inbox. And that makes me, as they say in science, monkey balls. Mm. So um, I know you're not a technologist. As you know, I'm a seasoned technologist. And so I went into Automator and I, <laughs> I made a, an application that opens that URL uh, that takes you to a new compose window and then doesn't show you anything after it. Right. This clean, clean way to do it. Here's the beauty part. I made that my default email application on my OS 10. So you ever get stuff or something tries to send. Now I I believe you use the mail app. Is that correct? Yes. Extensive. I've only ever opened that twice by accident. And that's the thing. I mean, there's other times when, when apps try to open it. Like if I send a, I want to send a bug report for something, all of a sudden I go, it's just flying all over the place. Do you want to update mail tags? No, I want to feel alive. And so uh, that, this does that. And so I, I scratched my itch super hard till it was kind of red. Mm. And I posted that on my uh, web blog or blog. Not the, not the itching or the rash, uh, but that's my first application. My coffee's getting cold. Are you refreshed? Are you recharged? Um, I feel Personally. Great. Yeah, I feel great. I just, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself because you know how I feel about packet loss. I, I've been having serious brain, brain packet loss. Really? Oh my gosh. I just... Like where you forget things or you forget to do something or what? I can't remember. Because you're very I, good I, with your I, schedule. I can't remember. But I think what happens is when you're young, you remember everything, whether you like it or not, including very scarring incidents. And then I think when you get a little older, you sometimes have trouble. You get that, uh, you know, you get, it takes you a minute. And you start having what they call tip of the tongue phenomenon. Have you ever heard of tip of the tongue phenomenon? Oh, that's a thing Jack Black uh, talks about in School of Rock. That's right. That's right. When you go in and you uh, have a, a rock battle with Satan, played by Dave Grohl. And so, that's right. <laughs> and so um, tip of the tongue phenomenon, which you can look up you know, on, on the internet, is, is when you're like, oh, like I know I know this. And uh, from my very brief background in uh, psychology and, and mnemonics and so forth, you, you know, you might even know, for example, like what letter a word starts with. Oh. Have you ever had that? Like, you like know, oh. it, the word bird starts with B. It could be bird. For me, it's adjectives and nouns. I sometimes forget a good noun and I get to what they call tip of the tongue phenomenon where I go, I, but isn't that a horrible feeling to like, that's the beginning of the end when you start saying, I know, I know this, but I cannot call it forth right now we should talk about memory that's a good one that's our topic for today. Our topic today uh, is uh is memory and uh but now something happened uh i was out of town for a few days and i came back and i, I kept trying to remember things and I, I don't think it was blacking out but uh i i don't have access to it i had to write to uh, jxpx uh, 1138 about two different things today to help help me remember something that happened like four days ago so I think, you know, I learned about this from the Norton Utilities for the Mac. I think I have encoding errors. Oh, like the way that you're recording memory, because memory is very, very unreliable. They've, they've proven this with science. Yeah, that science, what we remember yes. is not 
like legitimate hasn't legitimately happened the way we remember it. Well, can I just say it's a goddamn shame that we didn't have time to prepare for an episode on memory because we could put way too many links into the show notes for this about that that we half understand if we're mm-hmm. lucky, mind you, if we're lucky. But uh, yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. Oh, that's right. You okay, know, so I've got a little story I want to tell you. I'd love Dan. Could you tell me your story, please? So I was. Uh, this was about a week or two ago, and I was going to the ATM. And we were doing, you know, a deposit. We get and finally gotten paid from a sponsor. <laughs> and that was subtle. So I, you know, I rushed out to go and deposit the check and got to the ATM. And I stood there for a second. Now, keep in mind, a week before I had done the deposit, and I've, as, I've, as I try to do deposits every week or two and have for this particular account for more than two years. You do de- I'm sorry, you depo- do deposits every week or two? Yeah. I have, a, I, have a, I, have a, I have a trebuchet that literally shoots me from my mailbox to the Bank of America. <laughs> well, I've got it in my right hand. In my right hand, I have the check. In my left hand, I have my ATM card. And I said, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, but you're in a very fancy town where things are convenient and you don't have to get in a car and drive to a certain branch and yeah, my, everything else. I am. So, my business papers. That's right. So you were doing your deposits as you do. So I was walking up to the ATM and I was there at the ATM. Oh, and actually it may have been one of those fancy drive up. ATMs. You have those there? You drive up and it's just the ATM and you in your car? No, you're not allowed to drive anywhere useful here. Okay. So I, I, had, I was there at the thing and I, I had the uh, deposit card out that I used have, and have used for more than two years. And I said, huh, <laughs> I have no idea what the ATM pin code is. Oh my God. And, now bear in mind <sighs> that I knew the pin code less than seven days earlier and, and have known it for the last uh, two years. And I realized that I didn't know what it was. And it's not one of these short, like four ones. It's like a seven, you know, cause I'm a security uh, douchebag. Mm. So I have a really long pin code. And I, and I, I believe Hattie was there in the car with me and I said, Oh, n- never mind. We can leave. And she's like, well, you're not going to do deposit. I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> and she's, she's like, why? And I said, uh, because I have no memory whatsoever what the pin code is. And she just, she's like, okay, are you all right? I'm like, no, I'm fine. I just, I, it's gone. And she's like, is it written down anywhere? I'm like, no, no, no. I said, it'll come back to me later, but I, can, I have absolute verification that it's gone because this has happened a couple times in my life where I just, I can't remember something and I know it'll come, it's, whether it's a name of a song or tip of the tongue you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like an what was the name of the actor in this movie? I can't remember it. And then later it comes back. Well, of course, an hour later, the code just rematerialized in my mind. And I said, oh, there it is. And she's like, what? I said, well, the, the pin for the ATM. She's like, okay. So the next day I went and did the deposit. That particular thing hasn't happened before, but I definitely know what you're talking about, where you, that thing, it's like right there and you can imagine part of it, but you can't, you can see the actor's face or something, but you can't think of the name. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes, I am. And this doesn't happen to me a lot. You know, no. don't worry about me. I'm fine. I, uh, I, hmm, I've, I've, oh, I don't say I've always had that, but I think I feel it much more acutely than that. Um, but I take your example though, <laughs> where, I mean, where was I? I was somewhere recently. Um, <laughs> it might've been, oh God, it might've been, oh, you know what it is? I don't like carrying around those, like those annoying, um, you know, you know, grocery club 
cards or whatever, or any of those, like you get dividends for using this thing. We have one of those around here called Five Stars, where you go somewhere, and like in my case, the place I buy my, I'm very canny, as you know, about my soda stream. So I'll go, mm-hmm. I, bu- I take in my empties, and I'll buy like seven of the big ones at a time. And in this particular place, you get a big, you know, you get a big spiff. You spend N dollars, and then you get 20. Spliff? Spiff. You know what I'm saying? It's like a chit. Oh, a spleef. Like a spleef. Yeah. You can't dump on me. That UB40. See, I remember UB40. I got no use for that. Right. That's. That, I think that's from like a like a 12-inch, and I still remember that. Anyway, so, uh, but the, the beauty part is, so anyway, you get 20% off, you know, after spending so many dollars. Worth doing it. I don't want to carry a card around, you know? They always want you to have a card, a punch card. Yeah, I get a punch card. You buy seven hot dogs, and you get a hot dog. It's like, shut up. I don't want that. So a lot of places, they've, uh, you know, and let's be honest, that is really about marketing. That is not about saving you money. That is about you, your memory being jogged that you like hot dogs by seeing this goddamn thing in your wallet all the time. That's how they get you. So what's nice is you go to my hardware store, Poppenhausen uh, Hardware over on West Portal Avenue, and I take in my, uh, my things and they say, okay, what's your, I say, I got one of those dinguses, and they say, what's your phone number? And I always say, bleep, blob, zeep, zorp, dip, dip, dip. Because mm-hmm. I know my phone number. And I, I went in there, and it's kind of a hipster hardware store. They like listen to Nutri Milk Hotel and have, <laughs> have things in their lip. They're really cool, though. They're really, really cool. And they go, okay, what's your phone number? And at first... Your own phone number. My own Google Voice phone number that I use for everything. <laughs> and I... No, this is, this is how bad it is. And, I, and I'm going to add actually another factor about what, why I admire you about the way you handle it with Hattie. Because I go, yes, mm. 415, oh, no. and I said, you know what? Um, I'm having trouble remembering my phone number. Oh, no. And I took out my iPhone, <laughs> and I looked... I looked at my contact card. I said, oh, of course. And, and I read it aloud. And I've, I'd like to believe I've never looked so stupid in my life. I hope You could have said, oh, it's a new number. I mean, you could have covered a little bit. That's the, this is why I admire you. Because you, you, <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you got to think on your feet when you're about to become. I mean, it, that, that, there's a certain kind of looking, being embarrassed that you can kind of sweep under the, the rug a little you bit. You mean like playing it off legit, where like you're acting like nothing happened. Right. 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 And, and the, it's like, have you ever walked, been walking and then like you don't realize that you're about to step off the curb and then you, you just step right off the curb and you look and then you kind of do the little skip and run thing. You try like, to turn you know, it, I meant it. I was just picking up speed. I'm just, ha- you know? I'm like, just happy. Yeah. You try to turn it into like a Bruce Lee thing. You do a roll. <laughs> <laughs> my clavicle and my pills. <laughs> right. Y- yes, I have done that a lot. But I, I would propose that there is a continuum, a spectrum, if you like, of problems here. Where first of all, we're getting deep in the stack here. But like, first of all, mm-hmm. you may not be able to call something to memory. And again, you may like know you know it. But that what you're describing with not being able to like remember the actor is the more I can't remember it, the more I know that I know it. And that makes me try harder. It makes me frustrated. And I think, I think there's some cognitive psych behind this where <clears throat> you, know, you do kind of have to say to yourself – I'm going to not think about this now, and it will come to me later. But, but you know, if you're panicking at the hipster hardware store, you know, in my case, I, I, I have enough presence of mind to just go, you know what, I'm having a, a, what I call a brain fart, and I can't right. remember this. But, but here's what I would propose on the, on the spectrum, as you say, is that you at least were a gentleman, and, and you said to, to Hattie, um, I, we're not going to do this. 
right? But that's, that's yeah. a real, like, youthful, grown-up way to handle it. It's like, I cannot remember the name of the short, blonde-haired girl on Dallas, which I spent <laughs> two weeks of high school trying to remember. The answer is Charlene Tilton. Spoiler. Um, but, but I think the, the next level up <clears throat> is, as you say, you try to skip off the curb. And you try to find some way to kind of play it off legit. And you go, it's a new number or whatever. But like I think when it gets really bad, and this is when you, you know, they say the cover-up is worse than the crime. So like you get to the point where you're like mm, my age and you're grazing a little bit higher, you know, get, moving closer toward 50 or, or what have you. And what's well, what happens. I mean you're lucky if you're still here. And, and that's when you start really – you have a personal conspiracy to cover up your problem. And that's when you come up with these really outlandish things. But, you know, you can come up with some pretty heavy cover. Like you might, might go, don't boss me about the ATM. I'm the, I know what I'm doing here. My car needs gas. No, you, you look forward. And then <laughs> I, think, I think the next level and the, the one that you really appreciate, you know, the kicking your slippers phase of memory loss is when you don't even realize. You not only can't remember anything, but you are so full of BS about covering up your own memory losses that you just you're, – you're mad at everybody all the time and you don't even realize that it's your fault anymore. You know, and that's I think probably closer to something like senility. But <clears throat> it is uh, – it's very difficult for me, and then sometimes, I mean, you, when you and I do our little bits, they call them bits, where we'll go back and forth, and I think you're thinking of, you, you, I think it's fair to say, in terms of mutual admiration or, or cursing here, that we both have a ridiculous amount of recall for very, very trivial things. And in both of our cases, arguably especially mine, I can make like tenuous connections that almost nobody will understand unless they're as familiar some, as, with something as I am. I can make a connection so fast on two pieces of information that I learned a long time ago. Uh, it's, it's uncanny to me how much I'm able to do that without even thinking about it. It's the thing that makes me clever instead of smart, let's be honest. And, um, but, <laughs> I mean, and now and again, now the ironic part is I can't even remember this funny thing that happened the other day. I think it was you and, you and me were, were, were talking about something. And, you know, I can, I can pull up like names like Mason Reese. I can pull up these things from like without any prompting at all. I will remember which episode somebody guessed it on with something. And I suspect that a lot of that comes from – and again, can I just apologize in advance to everybody who knows anything about anything? But my gut is that when you're younger, you notice things more. You have fewer heuristics. You have less chunking. So we know about heuristics and chunking, right? Heuristics are shortcuts where you basically start to make – you've made observations about life. And in order to be a sane person who's not – you know, like when Jean Grey is first getting her uh, telepathy and, like, there's so many voices that, you know, you hear – Or she like, has to learn how to shut it off. And, and you have to learn how to focus, right? right. To, in order to be effective. Otherwise, it's going to be a total din. Well, you know, think about how confusing you are, how confused you are as a kid because there's such a din of activity and new information. And I mean, for a variety of reasons that are probably obvious, as you get older, you develop heuristics. Some heuristics turn into racism. Like some heuristics turn into like, get off my lawn. But it's a way of going like, I've dealt with this before. I know what this is and I don't have to grok this. You know what? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, totally. Does that make sense? It's not an algorithm. It's a it's a heuristic, and so but those shortcuts, if you don't keep them up to date, um, get 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 pretty stupid. And then chunking, I think, is very similar. Um, again, I had one class on mnemonics, but chunking is where you're able to like kind of group pieces of information. Like there's this set of things that go together, and so you don't have to take in everything on the horizon. 
but you're able to uh, almost like a you know make a make a G zip <laughs> of existence into this thing you can put together. And so my impression is that when I was younger and and I was probably smarter, more aware, and had more you know neuroplasticity, I think that stuff gets if you like imprinted, not in a Lawrence style, but you know imprinted. And uh, I remember people's names better. I've always remembered faces well. But I, I want to know what you think about that because I, I think as you get older, I don't know if it's the chunking or the heuristics or, or the pills, but I think something, something can cause us to lose track of those things, to also encode poorly, to make the connections poorly, and then to stress out about it so much that we do temporarily lose access to it because the shame part of our cognition... <laughs> <laughs> takes over, you know, and then you got to, what do you think? Is your, has you your memory changed? You, you, um, you seem to have a, a middling memory. Um, you, don't, you don't strike me as somebody who has an astonishing memory. Like one reason I called upon JXPX 1138 is he has a ridiculous memory. Like, you know how I'm constantly, we're quoting The Big Lebowski, and I realize all the time I'm constantly slightly misquoting The Big Lebowski. I forget the exact line, which is what, what makes it funny. Like, Jamie will, will remember, like, whole conversations that we have had, like, where we were, what we were doing, which, which to me feels like magic. And he also does magic. But to me, that really feels like magic. So, first of all, how would you evaluate your own memory? You know, I was, uh, as you were describing this, and I started also thinking about, like, when I was in high school and college. And I used to be very, very good at remembering, and again, we, let's, let's table the concept of the, uh, let's table the concept of whether or not memory is accurate or not. Okay, let's just assume for the sake of argument that it's accurate, right? Mm-hmm. I was able to remember almost everything. I could remember conversations that happened months ago and moments ago. I could watch a movie and relatively easily quote sections of it back. I could hear, uh, you know, someone play guitar because I was very into and, and played a lot of guitar then. And like my guitar teacher could play something. This was classical guitar. Mm-hmm. So I could, he, he could play something and I could mimic it back and I could hear, you know, some Zeppelin and figure out the solo. All of those things. So I had become accustomed to having a really good memory. And then, as my wife is very fond of pointing out, I can no longer remember anything. And it's, you know, it, 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 something happened between college and I'll say over the next five or ten years after college where this thing that I believe to be true, which is I have a great memory, became I have an average memory. Were you, were you uh, really aware of it at the time? <clears throat> at the time, Only because my wife continuously pointed it out to me when I'd say, I remember what I said. And she'd be like, that's not what you said. Oh, ditto here. My and wife does the I same I realized, thing. yeah, because they do remember. Uh, or else they've totally got us fooled, and, and which, which is fine also. But I find that now I have a more relaxed approach to remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I describe it. <laughs> yes, so I would have to agree that you have a very, very, uh, I think you abide when it comes to your memory. Yeah, I think that's a safe way to say it. I don't, I, I would no longer say that I have a good memory. Um, you know, I remember several important things a day, each day and forget most of the other important things. And I don't know why. I don't really know what's, it's not like I'm a forgetful person. 
but I, I find, and it's not about being distracted either. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I remember stuff and I remember the important things, but then I don't know what happens. And I don't know that this is age. Like I, I then I started to reflect and say, oh, wait a minute. I've always kind of been like this. I just had a knack and maybe still have a knack for remembering things that I see and hear that, that are maybe funny or entertaining to me because I can still do it with movies. Like I watch this Hotel Transylvania with my kid. <laughs> I can quote that thing back to you. No problem. I can quote my, you know, my lines from The Shining back to you. And, and those things are very easy uh, for me. But, it, you know, if, if it comes down to like what happened, what, what I need to remember to do in a given day, I don't, I don't know. So that's why I, I've hired people who have really good memories and they just, they remind me of things. Like, uh, oh, so, oh, yeah, I had dinner with, uh, with uh, Jesse Thorne. Oh, nice. He was out here for South by Southwest. I've never met him in person. I'm a huge fan of his. I, I think you may have spoken to him once uh, before. He seemed to know uh, something about you. And we had a, a, a lovely dinner. <laughs> no idea what that means. Uh, well, he re- he knows you. We're, fr- we're, knew, we're friends. Yeah. Okay. And a wonderful man. And we uh, we were to, we had dinner together and I... Uh, we had been to this restaurant before, so we had all gone from South by Southwest. And uh, so again, I, Hattie is one of these people who remembers things for me. And I said, I, she had excused herself to go to the restroom. And while she was, he was gone, he was talking to me about his uh, producer and saying, um, you know, how, how is, how are your producers? And we were talking about the whole concept of having a producer and what they do. And I said, I said, Hattie's great because she remembers things that I can't remember. And he, it's almost as if you, you planned this whole show talking about memory at the perfect time for this story. And he, he said, he said, like what? I said, well, for example, I, I know I've been to this restaurant before, but I have absolutely no idea. I've been here multiple times, but I have no idea what I've ordered or if I liked it. I said, but she will. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. So we waited. She came back. I said, how do you, what? what did I get the last time I was here? She's like, well, the first time we were here, you got this. The second time you were here, you got this. I'm like, did I like it? She's like, oh yeah, you like the second one better. And uh, you also said you wanted to try this other thing the next time we were there. I said, wow. I just looked over at him and he's just smiling. And she's like, what just happened? I'm like, nothing. But I told her, <laughs> I told her later this story. But that's the kind of thing. And is, is this an age thing? Is it just, is, is our mind on other things? Am I worried about what kid, if school my kid is going to go to? I don't know. I, I feel sane. Well, I mean, that might just be, again, an example of being young. It seems like uh, one of the easy solutions to, to understanding it. I, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, there's, this is probably like really chapter one stuff about memory is that you just remember stuff better when you're young. I don't know a lot about neuroplasticity, but um, by which I mean I know nothing about neuroplasticity, but I, I think that's part of it. But, you know, also um, the way you remember lines from movies or the way I almost remember lines from movies um, – I think that also has to do with attention and interest, probably especially as you, as you get older. Like, you know, it's funny, like all this comic book stuff. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm starting to learn a lot of new stuff, and maybe because it's recent, I'm, you know, remembering it more. But, <clears throat> but I think it sure pay, it pays to look at, like, what you're paying attention to. And, and that's why I think a lot of this is my own damn fault. Like, I think I, in the past, I have not paid enough attention when somebody tells me their name. And, you know, you don't have to be a Dale Carnegie fan to know that that's really frustrating to people. You know, I, I, 
I talk to a lot of people that I know, and I talk to a lot of people that I don't know that well, or I know a little bit, or because of the stupid internet. Like I know, I know little bullet points about a person, but I don't have a whole picture. I haven't met them. We didn't like live together in college. I don't have stories about them. You know what I mean? Like I may not remember which person. I'll remember something, but I won't. How many times have you heard me say, I think we talked about that, but I don't remember. I remember talking about it to someone. I remember my part of it because I'm very interested in myself, pay lots of attention to myself, but I may not remember who I was talking to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And that's the weird thing is, especially for somebody like you, you talk to a lot of people, I mean, famously doing many, you know, many different shows. And I think that people will uh, easily, at least for me, like, I know I talked about this last week. I just can't remember. I just can't remember who I talked to about it. Was it you? And the person will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, it's good. It's it's incredibly frustrating. And I've mentioned before, I think, about how people with perfect pitch (laughs) are able to hear a note. And in the same way that you or I know that that's blue or yellow or orange or light blue, you know, again, it's like a magic trick. To them, they're just wired to where they can hear something and know it. And that's how I feel about people with good memories, where, you know, it could be somebody where we have equivalent interest and attention in one another. And I still might not remember it at all. I might not remember it in the right way. And then, I mean, but the other thing is <clears throat> there's the attention there of like, maybe you just weren't paying attention to which food you wanted to have another time. And she has the right uh, wiring. Hattie has the right wiring for remembering that stuff right. But I think yeah. also we have different um, sense memories. We, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I, I don't know if photographic memory is exactly a thing, but I used is to, that real? Okay, so wait a minute. What's yeah. the difference between being eidetic and having a photographic memory, or are they the same thing? I think I eidetic remember. means the music actually occurred in the movie versus just part of the soundtrack. Okay. I think that's Martin Scorsese, I think you're thinking of. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know that word in the context of memory. What does that mean to you? Oh, I am looking it up, but okay. I thought it was... I could do that. But for example, like they say, it is... Eidetic is commonly referred to as photo... Okay, so it's photographic memory, a psychological or medical term popularly defined as the ability to recall images, sounds, or objects in memory with extreme precision. Okay. Uh, a, a extraordinarily detailed and vivid recall, not limited to, but especially of visual images, comes from the Greek word blah scene. So I remember I saw this thing about a, uh, a guy who was... Um, uh, he, uh, he... Is it correct to say he had autism and not autistic. I believe it's correct to say he had autism and he was able to have perfect, truly perfect recall. And they wanted to, I guess all of his life, he had wanted to see some town. I don't know if it was uh, Rome or something like that, but they arranged to have him uh, fly, be flown in a helicopter over the town. And he, uh, he looked down at Rome, I guess. I'm assuming it was Rome. I think it was, it was a place he'd never been. And when they took him back to the hotel or wherever it was, he then sketched out a wall-sized um, uh, drawing it with in, incredible detail of wow. everything that he had seen uh, while flying in this helicopter ride over the, the, the city. And it was accurate. I mean, it was very, very accurate. And they compared it to photographs and things like that. That kind of stuff is crazy. I mean, we have the capacity to remember everything in our brains, but for some reason... I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. And, and this is why we should all look into Scientology is because of the operating <laughs> thetans. See, here's the thing. Zeno put some people on a plane. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, boys, you, re- you should read that Scientology book. I'm going to get to it. Oh, I read the whole thing. It's great. 
Um, yeah. And I mean, like so many people, my, my introduction to what is now called spectrum disorders, spectrum gifts, I don't know what they call it now, yeah. was a, 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 a documentary on, I think, PBS or maybe 2020 <laughs> in the 80s. And then, of course, you know, Rain Man. And, but I'm given to believe that a lot of the stuff that Raymond um, has, does, can do, however you want to think of it, and, and we both kind of love that movie, right? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> about $100. Um, uh, is, is really very much based on like real cases. And there's actually another documentary I saw. Where there's a specific particular guy upon which Raymond is based. And I think that's who Dustin Hoffman really studied. And that yeah. guy has the facility that you're describing where, I mean, there are certain things that, that people, I don't know how to say this without offending anybody, but, but people who have that condition or ability um, do have an extraordinary ability. I think with things, I think with things like math, for example, it's, you know, again, there are people who can see numbers in a way that I can't. And so I think when you can remember things like, I imagine this all, all kind of comes together in something like, do you remember the, the weather on January 5th, 1978? And, and they'll just, they can just spout it off, you know, um, with incredible detail and accuracy. You know, somebody's batting average, you know, from uh, a specific season before they were born and, and so forth. So I, I'm, I'm curious when you say that, you know, we all have that ability, uh, operating thetans or otherwise, I, I really do wonder about that. And it's kind of what leads me to believe that I may have some of that stuff in here. Um, I just sometimes feel like I don't have access to it. But here's the other thing, like, and, and this is what separates, I think, potentially people on the spectrum from people with merely having good memories is context and perspective. So, so somebody might see a city from a helicopter and know in extraordinary detail what each one of those things looks like and, uh, and sort of what the, take a photograph, if you like, mentally that can be recalled, but it might be kind of hard for them to explain why, you know, the Capitol is this distance from the white house and, and what that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like understanding in context, what all that stuff is for. And that's really kind of what I feel like I'm missing. The recall is a bummer, but the thing that really drives me bananas, cause it's something I've previously really valued in myself is what I would call synthesis and context. You know what I mean? That ability to take these two files, if you like, and understand the relationship. I mean, in a way, that's what humor is. Humor is taking two things you didn't expect to be together and conjoining them in a surprising way, I think. Um, and that's, that's kind of what frustrates me. But, but back to this, uh, if I'm not interrupting you, back, back to the sense, no. sense thing. Uh, they say, today it was so hot that, that uh, they say, see, no, I can remember Glengarry Glen Ross, and I probably got that quote slightly right. wrong. Right, and why, well, here's the thing. Why do we, why do we remember, and I've, I, Again, after one, two viewings of a movie, right? you can remember lines from the movie, at least I can, very, very easily. And I used to be able to do this in high school because I never really liked anything in high school or, or college. <laughs> and I was able to, I never took notes in class, ever. And people that I knew, and especially professors, some of whom would like want to see your notes, I would never do the notes uh, because I could remember most of what was said in the classroom. And regurgitate it and hold it in my memory and regurgitate it on the test enough to just pass the class. I never took notes. Like I knew people who they would get the textbook and then they would like read the assigned reading for the night and they would take notes on. I'm like, well, what are you writing it down for? You read it. I'm like, well, I can't remember it. I'm like, well, I can't read my handwriting later to read the notes anyway. So what, 
Why would I bother to write it down? I could remember, I could remember what I read, not always word for word, but well enough conceptually, I could say, oh yeah, this was about this thing. And it would leave my memory after a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could do that. I can still do that. I can watch a movie and I can remember the scenes. I can remember the stuff. And whether I'm quoting it exactly or I'm getting it pretty close, uh, it's it's in there. But if you told, okay, can I tell you, can I tell you another uh, story? Mm, please. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I know it's your show, yeah, but I, thank you for the opportunity to speak. I forget sometimes. Uh, there was a, a, a kid in, um, in high school. His first name was Billy. And... <laughs> Sorry, Billy Baru. Again, memory go. <laughs> yeah. And he was, uh, I, I, I'm not sure, he had a neurological problem of one kind or another. There was something that, well, I'm not sure if he had autism. I'm not sure what the story was. He functioned fine in school. He didn't, he did not communicate in the way that regular human beings communicate. Right. Um, and it was, he, he, he had some other issues going on to health things and other things, but I, I did have the opportunity to talk to him a number of times and he was, he was a really nice kid. If you took the time to understand that he was different and still talk to him. And, um, one of the things that he was, he was obsessed with the weather. And so that every morning he would like, he'd show up at school and he'd go to the library. And, uh, and I knew this cause you know, we would periodically have meetings at school time, you know, in the beginning of school, you'd wait in the library because you wouldn't, it was close to the homeroom, whatever. So I would be in there and you'd see him fly in there and he'd fly over to where they had, you know, those little wood dowel things with the slots in them that you would put the newspapers oh, yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he'd fly over to that. And if somebody else had the weather page, like he would stand there, like I need the weather. Like I got to have the weather and he would read the weather and then he'd put it down. And you could ask him, so like this was the thing. He was in like my second uh, period class. I was like, Billy, what's the weather today? And he could recite back to the entire forecast, what the temperatures were, the winds, I mean, everything. And it was just, it was nothing. He didn't try to remember it. He just, that's how he read it. And and I, I then of course, we're talking about the, the mid eighties here. Rain Man came out. And I said, I wonder if this is, because that was the first time I'd ever heard of autism or anything like that. I said, I wonder if, if this is, What's going on with him? So I tried an experiment and I said, and I occasionally would talk to him and I, I wrote down a number on a piece of paper, on, on one in my notebook, and then I wrote the same number down on a piece of paper. And it was like 8.715925, you know, like 20, 10, 10 or 10, probably 10 digits. And I handed it to him and I said, Billy, can you look at that number? And he looked at it and he dropped it on the ground. And I said, can you remember that number? He said, yeah. Wow. So I did not ask him about this number until the end of the semester. And I said, Billy, what was that number I asked you to remember? And he freaking remembered no, it. And it no blew way. me away. Wow. And so for, it was like, and I mean, he was, a, he was a really nice kid. And I remember, you know, uh, he was lucky enough to have a, a brother who was huge and on the football team. So nobody messed with Billy. You know what I mean? Like, it was like his brother protected him. And I was always thankful for that. And he was really a nice kid. And, um, but it was just those kinds of things. It was just astounding for me that whatever it was that was going on with him allowed him to have this unbelievable memory. And I, I couldn't remember the number. I had to write the thing down. I couldn't remember any of it. You know what I mean? It <laughs> you, just, might, it's, you might it, not have remembered asking him to try and remember. It. <laughs> that's right. If I hadn't written it on that page in the front of my notebook. 
it was just, it, you know, and that kind of thing is always astounding to me that, that people who, uh, you know, and then you watch these things on TV where there are these people who lie. I'm sorry, I'm taking over your show, uh, but where people will, will do these astounding feats of memory on TV who, who don't have trouble, who are regular people who can remember this. And, and so it's like, why can't I do that? Right. Well, I, I wonder again, if part of that is chunking. I mean, one of the, that's one of the tricks they teach you in, in mnemonics, but you know, but again, boy, we're going to get, you're going to get so much email understandably about this, but you know, when you're talking about folks on the spectrum, th- there's one of the other things you notice is sometimes a lot of trouble reading emotions or mm-hmm. understanding what's like appropriate here. And a lot of the, and understand that a lot of the training that people go through, especially on the kind of the further left end of the spectrum where you can, you know, higher, higher functioning folks can um, d- develop some tricks for being able to like, you know, learn how to read people's emotions and, and how to be appropriate. But like you say, they could be a genius at that. One of the most beloved members of my family is a kid um, who, you know, has been diagnosed with Asperger's. And he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite. I just love hanging out with the kid. And, and he is, by any standard, I would have had at the same age weird. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what, what you would have said, right? When you're in like, whatever, you're a young kid, you say, wow, that kid's really weird. Yeah. Weird. That would probably be the term you would use for sure. Yes. I mean, I'm just being, I'm, I'm being brutally honest, but it is honest. The, the astonishing thing is, so I guess when I say that it's like, he doesn't have the same type or quality of social skills that somebody at that age has, but brother, does he know everything about reptiles? Right. I mean, again, attention, like what, you know, it could be the weather, it could be baseball, it could be Wapner, but like, it's just astonishing to me that like, you know, actually I've been saying to my daughter, I really want to get a book on lizards because I don't know a lizard from a chameleon, from a gecko, from a salamander, from any of them. I, I don't know what, I don't know what any of those things are. Maybe that's because of my attention and interest, but, um, you know, and last thing on this, cause we should get off of this, but. It wasn't until maybe a year or two ago, you had those aha moments, like you say, like seeing Rain Man. It wasn't until very, very recently that I realized that my very best friend from childhood had this going on. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The guy that I, we slept at each other's houses like, you know, pretty much every weekend. He's the one who got me into the X-Men uh, when I was a kid, got me into, you know, as much as he could, but you know, in, in retrospect, kind of classic, like sometimes he was very awkward with other people. He would, he got, we got along great. Uh, but he would like just have this encyclopedic knowledge of something, not unlike a geek where, you know, you you know, my operating de- definition of a geek versus a nerd, a, a geek is someone who has a great deal of information, usually about something somewhat esoteric and a nerd is someone who talks to you about it way beyond the point where it's obvious you're not interested. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, how he was. And I would have said, yeah, we're both nerds. Like, we like this really silly stuff. We both got into D&D. We both knew the saving throws for everything. Like, I, I can't believe I ha- ever had that much knowledge. But yes, I do think that in particular is attention and interest. But then I think about the sense part. And we talked, what you call it, iodetic? Is that the word? Eodetic, sorry, probably Greek, um, as you do. But I, uh, when I was a kid, I have a pretty clear, <laughs> probably incorrect recollection of, you know, I was a big reader. I loved to read. I, I, I read very early and I just read all the time. And I have a pretty good recollection of my recall of reading stuff being really, really good. A lot of times, you know, like anybody, I could remember what part of the book it was in. 
I might remember what chapter it was in, but a lot of the time I remember what part of the page it was on. Mm. I remember reading this and this was on like the, in like the beginning of the right page of this. And so I had this at the time, it felt sort of uncanny. And of course I would, my friends would freak out when I could do this, but I could just go through the book of lists and pop my thumb straight to the page that something was on because I knew exactly. Yeah. Obviously you get familiar enough with it, but the other one, the one that they say, they say that the most memorable sense is smell. And if you think about that. Right, right, right. Like if you smell something, like I remember there's one of these things, like like uh, you smell like that smell of uh, clay, like pottery mm-hmm. clay. Like you smell that and all of a sudden, like I'm back in like on that kindergarten field trip that we went to the place where we, you know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Like amazing. Well, you're there and like in your mind, you're actually there. You know? I, I can't provide you with the smells, but I will give you the names of a few things. Play-Doh. Right. Um, like any kind of like adhesive, like Elmer's glue, um, mucilage or whatever it's called. Like all of those smells has such a specific, um, I can't even say, a spe- I don't want to say a specific memory, but I feel straight back in second or third grade when I smell those things. There's a certain smell in my mind of, elementary school cafeteria food. And I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. I imagine that it's a combination of several things. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that they all had, you know, peach cobbler and fish on bun. These used to when they say fish on bun. <laughs> right. Friday, fish on bun. And because of course, you know, of the Catholics. But, um, but that still sticks with me. And I've told you this one before, but I, I remember, because I listened to our show, I, um, especially when it was good, and I still have a very, very specific recollection of listening to one of my favorite episodes of our show, which is episode five, where you and I had a great argument, not argument, but a great exchange at the end. And I still have a recollection of saying like being at Webstock in New Zealand and we'd recorded it before it came out. I listened to it. I downloaded it for about $700 in New Zealand. And I still have such a recollection of walking away. I don't, or was I Wellington? I guess I don't remember the name of the city. I remember walking through a park where there were, you know, that was right by where the event was and walking under an underpass by this like atrium kind of thing. Um, and I have a very specific recollection of listening to that. I remember at this point I walked in and bought an espresso in this place. Do you know what I mean though? So for me, for songs, like it's really weird. Like I, if I hear um, the long run by the Eagles, like Heartache Tonight, if I hear Isn't It Time by the Babies, um, if I hear Tusk by Fleetwood Mac, there are certain songs that put me exactly back in this one room Isn't that crazy? in military school when I was in seventh grade. And to me, like, like it's bizarre, but like Heartache Tonight is me before dawn waiting in line on Pancake Day because you get there early for Pancake Day. And I, I just, that's how bizarre is that? But I, I, I can't remember the names of like 11 people I met this week, but I still have a very specific recollection of wearing khaki pants and waiting for pancakes. And so, I mean, I guess we're way off track here, but it, it is so, and again, we, there's so much we could say about this and anybody who knows anything about memory could tell us a lot more, but it really makes me wonder, you should remember to tell me about something you like, but uh, I want to come back to this because I'm interested in that idea that it's in there because I sometimes wonder if it is. So right now that you can imagine me with my index finger tapping my temple, like I'm, you know, in the X-Men and like, it's in here, like it's in here somewhere. Like I know it's on my desk. (laughs) I just can't get to it. 
But, you know, I, I would also like to talk about some compensatory measures that I have put in measures, as we say in Ohio. Ma- measures. Because we pay cash. We pay cash for our Washington. Um, right. The things that I have done that have made this better for me. And then I, the things where I wonder if it's making it better or worse. Like, is Wikipedia a good thing? I don't know. I, is it, you know, I remember this whole thing. Is, is, I remember, is, is Velcro good? Shouldn't kids learn to tie their shoes? Should we not be able to have a calculator on our, on our watch? Oh, this is, a, that was this is a very thing. hot topic, you know, um, that we should remember to return to after you tell me about something you like. I will tell you about Shutterstock.com where you will find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips, and so much more. And it really, really is awesome. And that's the thing is that Merlin, both of us have been in this place using it. They have an iPad app that's really awesome. That's actually the way I like. If you have an iPad, go through that as the experience. But if you don't, Shutterstock.com is the place to go. You've got an image collection there. I mean, most people think of it as the images. There's a lot more, but it's really the images that's the, the draw for everybody. And these things are affordable. You need one image because you're doing a blog post about something and you, you want some nice photography that doesn't look like stock photography. You can get it. You're designing a website. You can get it there. If you need a ton of images or just one, it really doesn't matter because they have a solution that you can use that will fit your needs. You want one image by itself? Sure. You want a package? You're going to be using these things every month. You can do that. They even have the special kind of licensing so that if you're a publication and you know you need them every month, you can do that. It's a very, very cool, cool site. And what they also have that, I don't know if you messed around with this, Merlin, you can actually like search by color. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you want blue or red or green, you can do that and then you can refine the search within that. So that if you type in, you know, like most people think a frog is green. Maybe you want one of those poisonous uh, red frogs. <laughs> you can limit your search by red and then type frog and you're only going to see the pictures of the red frogs. It's way, way better because you can actually use this little slider to slide the images around. Really amazing stuff that they're doing and that they just don't stop. They do not stop. Uh, so you can sign up for a free browse account over at Shutterstock.com. No credit card necessary. When you find the stuff that you want to buy, there's a code back. It's a pretty straightforward code, back to work three. Be- it's because it's, it's, it's the month of three. Month of three. Back to work and then the number three. 30% off any package over there at Shutterstock.com. Back to work three is the code. Thank you very much to Shutterstock for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. You remembered that flawlessly. I have a pretty good memory. I'm eodetic. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Brother Gabe says, you're probably the greatest broadcaster of all time. So your presentation... Flawless. Is Brother Gabe the new pope or who is No, this? no. I think you're thinking of, uh, of Francis from um, Stripes. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> See? See, uh, you can say Stripes and now I remember that whole, the whole sequence. Uh, what kind of training? Army training. You know, that whole thing. Like, I got that, you know? But it, the rest of the movie's a, a blank. Army training, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Drank a lot of cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I gotta be honest, Dan, if our connection didn't keep cutting out, I, I could talk about this all day because it's yeah. a, it's a real interest of mine, uh, partly because, well, there's lots of reasons that it interests me, uh, that I hope are interesting. I mean, one of them is I do wonder why my memory or my ability to leverage my memory has degraded so poorly, um, or <laughs> so, so well, I guess o- over the years, um, and I do, as John Syracuse can tell you, I don't know anything about hard drives, but for some reason, that's, the mo- that's probably a terrible model of the brain, but that's, that's how I feel. I often feel like I would like to defragment my, the hard drive of my brain 
because I know there's little bits of information here and there, but I know it's also pretty inefficient. Um, but I mean, you know, I guess that's kind of how it works, you know? And, eh, you know, uh, I'm going to mention this. this. There's this, um, I'll see if I can find this on YouTube. There's a, a really, um, one, of, one of the few people who is a really good poet that's also a fairly uh, well, well-known poet. I think his name is, I want to say, is it Billy Connolly? What's the name of the Scottish actor? Oh, um, the Scottish actor? Mm, Connolly. What's his last name? I have not, I can't remember. You can hear my clicky uh, keyboard mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I unplugged that. Um, oh, boy. I'm going to find You're not name. talking about the small hands uh, person. No, no. I think you're thinking of E.B. White. It's all in oh. lowercase. <laughs> um, anyway, he, uh, this is awful, but he was the Poet Laureate of the U.S., and, and he has a wonderful poem about memory. And the video that somebody has made to go along with this, I won't spoil it for you, but I'll put it in show notes. And it's so touching because it's, it's basically about how memory you can how memories go away, and how in some ways your life starts going away. And you know, my late grandmother had Alzheimer's, so uh, I've seen that. It's and it's it's weird and it's chilling. Uh, you've certainly known people in my family. It's pretty, you know, out there, like people with what you might call senility. <laughs> we joke about me in the fugue states, but it, it is such a strange thing. And you know, the the it, it, they say that one of the things that makes us different from from the other animals is that ability to have self awareness, to be aware that we are thinking about something. And I think that's part of what drives at least me and probably a lot of people crazy is the self awareness. Again, the tip of the tongue phenomenon. Mm-hmm. That's the part that's maddening. And so, like, for example, like, I love music, and I have a pretty good memory for music or a tune, and it drives me crazy when I know I know the song, but I can't, you know, put my finger on it. And uh, I don't know. I wonder if it's still there. You know, you hear things like, as you get older, it's a good idea to do things like crossword puzzles because it, it keeps your keeps your brain doing stuff. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. anything to that. You're going to get so much mail about this, but uh, all I'm I know... Not gonna, I'm not going to get the mail. No, no, because our connection keeps dropping. I, I, I feel like um, <laughs> there's... Um, I don't know. Can we talk about some ways to, to fix it a little bit, I think? Yeah, is there is there a way? I was hoping that there well, would be. Well, maybe... I hope. Well, first of all, um, maybe this is a topic... Is this where you announce your the new memory course that you're going to be teaching? I can't remember. But it's not funny. Why do I keep saying that? I keep saying it. It's not funny. Um, the um, what was I talking about? Uh, oh yeah. So hmm, the idea that uh, is it in there? Um, do we have it? Can it get better? See, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I, uh, I it makes me mad. It makes me mad at myself. Then it makes it makes me very frustrated. It'll come back hmm. to me when when you say something next. Go ahead. Go. What do you want me to say? I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, um, oh yeah, this is probably better safe for another episode, but th- there are, I guess there's always been this idea that some new technology or some, you know, gosh, some people would say TV, any of this stuff, it makes us stupid, as they say, you know. And now I think today, uh, in the last 10 years, the way too easy meme has been X makes us stupid where X equals something involving the internet. And I think the primary example of that is Google has made us stupid. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of wonder if that's true or, you know, again, I used to know 
by memory the phone numbers of everybody that I called a lot. How about this? I can still tell you the phone number from when I was nine. Oh, man, that's amazing. And you know what? I remember I used to, um, my parents got divorced when I was a kid and we moved to Florida. My uh, my dad stayed in Philadelphia. Uh, I still remember, because we've talked about doing collect calls and stuff. Like, right. I still remember the number. And I, I mean, I know it's not his number anymore, but like, I, I still got it. You know, like that and my grandparents' phone number and my home phone number from when I was, like you're saying, like nine, 10 years old. Why? Why can I remember that and, and forgot the, you know, the stupid pin code? Oh, I know. I know totally. But, you know, I remember when we first got, it might've been one of those football phones or something, but when we got it, cause my mom would never pop for actually like legitimate touch tone dialing. Cause it was like an extra dollar a month or something. So we always had the, um, if we got one of those, remember in the old days you would get like a football phone, you get something, you remember, remember sports <laughs> illustrated would send you a phone or a speaker yes, phone. Those were the best phones. But you know, you'll remember though, that there was a switch on them that would let you go between like true touch tone dialing and, and the and, clicking, you know, making an analog call. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I wonder if part of this back then, we're talking about phone numbers, started with having just um, direct, not direct dial, but, you know, speed dial, right? I mean, boy, what a time saver that was. Once you could just hit a button and it would, you know, call your lady or whatever. You know what I mean? So maybe that's your kind lady of- Your lady or your special lady I'm a special lady friend. Just trying, you know, helping her conceive and thorough. <laughs> See, but we can do that. Cut off your Johnson. <laughs> oh my god! The problem with Dinacable. <sighs> it hurts, and you know, gosh darn you, Bob. This whole thing is is so frustrating to me because this is like, haha, we're making some jokes. You know, the only thing that's less funny than a memory joke about memory is a procrastination joke. I hate procrastination jokes, which I've said before, I think. Um, but, you know, but okay, so back to this point. Like, okay, does that make us less stupid? You've got a phone. Uh, you used to know everybody's number. Um, then you got speed dial. In my case now on my phone, like, I think I know my wife's phone number, but I'm mm. not sure. But, you know, in fairness, also now phone numbers change a lot. Not, not to make an excuse here, but that is a kind of, I would argue, perhaps defensively, that there are certain kinds of information today that change more often than they used to. Pulse dialing. Thank you, Dan Storm. Um, you, um, you have certain kinds of information that used to stay, people would keep their houses for a longer time. They would have, my grandparents had the same phone number the, like through my entire childhood and, until they passed away. Like, you just knew that phone number. Um, my parents, you know, we all had the same license plates forever. And, and now all that stuff, I mean, what do you got? You got your social security number now, and that's about it. Everything else is subject to change. So I wonder if part of that is that I think when people are ragging on people who use the internet to find information that they should be able to remember, I think there's several things that are leaving out. Um, one of them is, yes, the rapidity with which information changes today. So you get a different mindset. Like, I don't have to remember phone numbers because now my, pho my phone does that for me. Does that make me stupid? Maybe not. I, you know, maybe, the, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if those sectors get reallocated for other stuff. Um, but, and, and obviously not, that becomes a habit. But there's another thing also, which is getting it right. Like, I don't get it right a lot of the time on the show, if I'm shucking and jiving, I've misquoted like, like 14 different things today. But if I do a, do something where I'm going to put it on Tumblr or I'm going to make a joke on Twitter, I go and I try to find the exact correct lyric, the exact yeah. correct line. Be because I can do that now. 
I don't, I don't think that makes me stupid. I think that makes me a, a little canny, you know, in, in some ways. And uh, there's another quote that I don't remember exactly, but it was, you know, Einstein saying something along the lines of, I hope this is a true quote, not apocryphal, but something along the lines of like, why would I ever memorize anything that I can look up? Like, I think it's good to learn your times tables. I think it's good to learn that the tip is around twice 10% of the bill. I mean, those kinds of little tricks, I wish I'd known that stuff all along. I'm not, I'm not sure that stuff makes us stupid or makes us less aware and evolving. I think part of it is is that over time, inform, the nature of information has changed a lot. Last thing on this. I remember reading a, a book a long time ago, that Saul Werman book, Information Overload, and uh he had a factoid in there I have no way of proving, but he said something along the lines of somebody in a previous century, I want to say like maybe the 16th century, like the typical person in previous centuries, the entire amount of information that they would encounter in their entire life was smaller than what exists in a Sunday edition of the New York Times. Wow, I've heard that too. That's crazy. Right. And I mean, there's all kinds of things, all kinds of turns out ways of looking at that. One of them is who reads the New York Times all the way through, right? You just, you read a couple things in the magazine and get into something to quote, see what Kotke had to put out on a Saturday night. And, uh, <laughs> but that's, um, I think that's part of it. I, but damn, I mean, this is not a, this is not a new problem, but it, you know, I've been talking a lot. Do you want to jump in here? No, I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing that I think about too, is, is the way that we, the amount of information that we're constantly bombarded with. And we've talked about this too, all the way back to that first episode where we were like, you know, we we're talking about the stress of getting those emails from your boss and saying, wait a minute, I'm just like a guy sitting in a room. Nothing's really happening right now. <laughs> right. It's that kind of thing. It's, is there is so much that's, that's going on. I was watching 2001 the other day so and good. the great uh, little uh, picture. I think people should do. Uh, should check into this movie. Pretty good for an early movie. Yeah, for an old, uh, you know, something your parents would watch. Yeah. But the whole beginning of this movie, of course, is is showing what what is called in the movie the dawn of man, where you've got these essentially sort of evolved chimpanzee-type creatures that are eventually learning to use tools. I'm not ruining the movie, but through exposure to the monolith, and this is in the first five minutes of the movie, through exposure to the, the, the monolith, that perhaps they begin to develop tool use. And those two things, is, the implication is that they're related. But, you know, if even if you think back to just the early state of, of human beings and how, uh, how whether you believe in evolution or not, that there was, I don't think anybody's questioning that there was a time when we didn't have cars and televisions and iPads. And is this stuff good for us? I mean, I'm surrounded right now in front of me, there's three different screens. I got clocks. I got, you know, all this electric stuff going on all the time. And you wonder... Is, is there something wrong with that? Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. Should we all have a computer in our pockets that we, you know, that we know we can look up anything? I don't know where anything is. I'm not talking about like on the desk in front of me, but I mean, like, I know how to get to like, you know, the, the, the basic stores and stuff that I go to, but even places that I've been to a few times, I might say, oh, wait, wait a minute. Where, what is, is that? 6502? Is that the address? You've got to look stuff up constantly to the point where my grandfather never had to look anything up. Right. You know, he never had to look anything up. He lived, you know, he lived in, in one area of town, but all the neighboring cities. Oh, you know, there's, I know where we can get that. That's in a hardware store on the, you know what I mean? Like he knew it. He knew how to get there. He knew where it was. He knew which way to turn. And I'd be like, oh, I got to get Google Maps. I know it's just down the street, but I, you know, I want to make sure we get the address right. 
And all this was in his head. Is it because he wasn't distracted by the iPhone in his pocket? Or was it because he knew that if he didn't remember it, he'd never find it again? Right. And, and it's, a, it's a terrific, provocative question. And it might, it might be true. I mean, I, I'll bet you could make a pretty good case for saying, well, first of all, I think there's something, uh, not condescending exactly, but when people say that, I think there's certain assumptions or passive aggressive jabs that are um, based in that. There's the basic one of like, we used to be better at this. We used to be smarter. We used to have more high quality things. We used to not have all these crutches, right? Well, but you know, you also had less to know and remember, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, you know, old timey stuff, but you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's my own version of, of being condescending. But um, I think there's also this implicit thing that you rem- you remember less. That pe- I think people are saying when they say those things. I think they're also saying you remember less because you've got too much BS in your life. That's kind of mm. what they're really saying. Is you're spending time on junk rather than you know going back and reading the classics and remembering those. I feel like there's a little bit of that nested inside of that. So I, I'm not about to say that, you know, we're, we're the homo superiors that are going to replace the normal humans or something. But, you know, um, if, if we maybe, uh, I don't know, I guess I just feel like there, I, I have a feeling that, that bad memory has probably always existed. Um, and maybe what hasn't always existed is the ability to immediately prove how you remembered something wrong. Mm. Uh, because if you did misquote a movie, it was very unlikely unless, you know, unless Raymond was there, it's very unlikely that somebody could correct you on that. Because they don't remember it either. No, they don't remember it either. And again, you can play that off legit. I, I think that must have some, you know, component. Um, For sure. In it as well. I don't know, though. I mean, it's an interesting question. It's something I've thought about. But, you know, I'm not sure that remembering phone numbers makes my life better. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it would. Uh, you know, and, and there certainly is a part of me that that... I don't think about this a lot, but I sometimes think, well, you know, maybe if I hadn't watched every Gilligan's Island episode eight times, I would have more space up there for stuff. But something about that feels really facile to me. You know, I mean, I think maybe you can blame, you know, individual people for for being silly or playing too many video games or whatever. But again, with video games, the turns out they say that, you know, these are people, people who play a lot of video games might be exercising a muscle that makes them better at certain kinds of fast cognition. They can recognize patterns happening quickly and, and so forth. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about any of that stuff, but I'll tell you a couple of things that I, th- I think are useful. Um, to, just to reiterate something for the millionth time, you know, if I, I think you do have to be aware that your memory is not as good as you think. And, you know, even if it were as good as you think, like, do you really want to have to remember things? I mean, we have alarm clocks for a reason. Gee, Grandpa, if your memory's so good, why don't you? <laughs> why do you need a clock? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's how I feel about a whole bunch of stuff. And for me, increasingly, not something like Evernote. I've been using more lately. Um, I don't want to have to memorize a manual for something. You know, I, I throw all that into a Dropbox folder, or often is not into something like Evernote or um, you know, an NV Alt and stuff like that. But I think the really big one, again, to reiterate, is that. If you're aware of the fact that you're spacing stuff and it's having a deleterious effect on how how well you're doing, like be aware of that. You know, like I'm always bugging you about calendar stuff. Well, I'm bugging you about calendar stuff because you're kind of bad at it, but also because if I didn't have that calendar, I'd be worse than you are. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're smarter than I am, 
And no, no I'm, cl- I'm more clever than you are, but you are way more smart than I am. And that's the, the frustrating part is like for me. So, you know, it's almost like when you, you see your little kid like walking, walking down a railing over a precipice and you're like, get down from there, you know, because you know what you have at stake if you if they, you know, what they have at stake if they screw that up. You know, you, I don't know about you, but I used to blaze through a lot more stop signs when I was young. Oh, yeah. And then I blaze through a lot less stop signs today now that I've got a kid. Because I'm thinking about my kid. I'm also thinking about other people's kids because I know there's stakes. I know I've got something to lose. And that's why I write so much stuff down. And that's why I'm, you know, as silly as this is, I'm trying to get into a habit of using like the notes field in contact stuff. Um, you know, like in somebody's contact where I'll say like, this person emailed me about that thing, or we had a call about this or that thing. And, you know, especially when I was doing more CRM, like, you know, speaking gig stuff, you get, you know, five, 10, 15 projects that are on different, uh, you know, parts of the, the oven at different boils. And it's really, to me, it would be really embarrassing to not remember, as I say, where we left it. And so it, it benefits me, again, to keep that stuff in text files if it's very long. But also, like, if I talk to somebody, like, what if I talk to somebody one time? I don't know them that well. This happens. And we have a nice chat, and they say, you know, I had a really hard time when somebody in my family was sick, and Inbox Zero helped me or something like that. Yeah. Well, it would be really nice if, if uh, I'm being honest, like, if that person just shared something really important with me, and I don't want to space that next time we talk. So it might seem cynical for me to write down, you know, grandma was sick and inbox zero help. But the next time we talk, that'll jog my memory and I'll spend less time dancing around trying to play it off legit that, that I remember something, something important happened. So, but, but that gets us back to this idea of context, not in the GTD sense, but putting information into a useful place where you can find it again. Um, a term that Cory Doctorow, I think, coined many years ago is the idea of the outboard brain. Uh, and people use this in different ways. Um, you know, something you could almost think like you've got these parallel processes going on to think about this thing that you don't have to. I use it to mean something that I, A, don't want to have to remember, more saliently, B, probably won't remember, but very importantly, C, I, for, I know I've forgotten it before, oh, maybe right. more than once, and I don't want that to happen again. So one of the most useful tags that I've got, so for me, for example, in Pinboard or even more often in um, Alt in my text files, I will name, for example, I'll name a file starting with REFX for RefX. As ever, my system is to use some kind of a useful word or abbreviation in the letter X to let, you know, to use it basically like a tag. So if it's a reference thing, like I don't remember how to do tables and markdown. I do it five times a year. So I've got a, I've got a text file called RefX, multi-markdown tables or something like that, that I can, that I can pull you know, straight up whenever I need to. Um, I think that kind of thing can be, can be very valuable. And the outboard brain part is this, is, this is the most basic trick in the world. If you don't know something, but you know you know it, and you eventually find it, <laughs> um, put it somewhere and tag it outboard brain. Because I don't know, I don't know about you, but like I have enough self knowledge to know that if I forgot it once, I'll probably forget it ten times. <laughs> right, right. So like yeah. the uh, command line, the, the commands for shutting off and restarting um, Spotlight. Like I've got those in a text file. Um, there's a secret URL that you can go to to get uh, the This American Life episode before it's posted to the website. So I made that a text expander <laughs> shortcut. I don't want to have to remember this really long, you know, goofy URL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think those things can help a lot. We're running long. I think the, the, at, at the heart of all of this, I, I love the theory stuff we're talking about. I would love to talk about this again, um, maybe with a little bit more 
prep and fake science. But I don't know. It, it, there's so many things in life where, for our last few episodes, like you think you're really good at it, and then that gets in the way of you actually getting better at it. I don't have, as you can tell, I don't have a particular opinion about whether knowing phone numbers makes us smart or stupid. I, I don't have any way to prove that. But I do know that in practical terms, it doesn't make sense for me to spend a lot of my time fretting about what I'm remembering, what I'm not remembering, whether I remember it. I may not remember Charlene Tilton, but that doesn't matter to me so much as remembering that this guy's grandmother was sick. Mm-hmm. Then, so then, you know, it's on me. The onus is on me to make sure that stuff gets into the right place. But it always starts with that recognition that you could be better at this and you probably need some kind of a system for putting that somewhere, whether that's GTD or whether that's Evernote or whether that's a whiteboard or whether that's freaking sticky notes, you know, putting that somewhere that's sensible and then evolving. Um, I think it might've been Zeldman who said this, I forget when he was doing, you know, talking a lot about accessibility, uh, whoever it was, it really stuck with me. This idea that accessibility is good for everybody, right? Cause you know, Accessible websites means semantic things and like well-formed HTML and so forth. And that's, that's kind of good for everybody. It's good for browser compatibility. But somebody used the analogy of saying, um, you know, like uh, handicap. I don't know what the phrase is now today. But accessibility in public life, too. Think about that. Um, you know, everybody groans when they think about, oh, we've got to put in a wheelchair ramp here. Or we've got to do this and such thing. We've got to put special handles on the cabinets. But here's the funny thing. Like right now, you're temporarily disabled. Like you're temporary. I'm sorry. You're temporarily abled. Like if you're young and you don't need a ramp, you're mostly just lucky and young because yeah. someday you're going to need a ramp. You're going to be old and it's going to be hard for you to walk up steps without spilling all your pills. And so... The analogy of that analogy here is like, why not like be cool with that earlier in life? Why not develop a habit of getting an outboard brain and putting things where it belongs rather than like fighting that and waiting until it's too late? Because I don't think there's any particular honor or um, I don't think it makes you a better person to not write things down or to not take care of that. Eventually, you're going to need that. You know, eventually it's going to be like in, um, you know, hundred years of solitude where everyone's losing their memories. So they have to write the names of everything on all of the objects in their house <laughs> that mm-hmm. it kind of happens. So like, why not start that habit early? I wish I'd started working out a little bit more and earlier. Um, I wish I worked out now, but that is a kind of mental workout. And then if you can find a way to improve that, go for it. But, you know, I'll bet if you took if you did a study of like 20 people and you wanted to see if they were smarter or dumber from using the internet for looking things up, I bet the results would be fairly inconclusive. I don't think there's going to be a pattern because I think lots of pretty smart people use the internet and it's working out fine. But No, it's a really good point. I mean, I think we're, I know that I remember a lot of the things that I do look up and, and, and I remember back in the old days uh, when we were like in, I mean, I know you're much, much older than I yes. am. But back in the old days, like when I was researching colleges, which college should I go to? Like I was on my own doing that. My parents didn't like assist me with that. But I remember going to my library at my high school and like there was like a little shelf that had some information about colleges. My college experience, because my I know some parents who are like, I'm going to get you all the information from all the schools and we're going to go through, not mine. And I don't, I'm not angry about that in any no, way. Even though she's a teacher and probably should have. Yeah. yeah, you're not angry. But I went to the library in my high school and looked at the things on the shelf and I said, huh, I guess I'll go to one of these. 
Now, the chances are that I probably would have gone to them anyway because that whole prepaid college tuition thing that we talked about in one of those other episodes, I can't remember which one. But uh, we had this this thing where I was going to go to a Florida school, so I didn't have a ton of other choices. But even so, like now you have the internet and you can find out everything you wanted to know about every college in the entire world pretty much. That's one tiny little example of the things that we can do to look and how much I feel our lives are better because we have access to that information. I'm not sure that we're like you're saying, I don't know that we're actually being penalized because we have that access. I, I'm I'm not persuaded. Um I'm with you. I'm with you. But I mean, I guess if I were going to try and knowing uh, that I'm not a seasoned uh, memoryologist, I would still say that, boy, I'm really, really grateful that I read so much and at least for a while, so, uh, so widely as a kid, you know, that I, that I, I I would sit around and read encyclopedias and that's probably why I remember so much stuff from back then. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so it's really important to me for my daughter to, you know, hopefully become a pretty good reader. Maybe that's my own, you know, hang up. But um, Billy Connolly is the Scottish actor and Billy Collins (laughs) is the uh, author of Forgetfulness, the poem. Mm. So this is a little bit like putting my library book in the mailbox. There you go. Yeah. You want to button this up? Let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.